Hello, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to another exciting episode on Solving the People Puzzle, where I, your host, Fran Chedevet, have wonderful conversations with industry leaders. And today is uh, exactly that. I'm so excited and privileged to have Ilani Krier from Tebo in the audience uh, here with me. Ilani, firstly, thank you so much for joining and, and being willing to share some of your insights and thoughts on the Whamley podcast. Thank you for uh, inviting me, Francois. It's a privilege. Awesome, awesome, Ilani. We always start the episode off with some context and background. So to the audience, I read a fantastic article um, that Ilani co-wrote and, and was published on, on a fantastic topic, and that's a topic that we're going to be sharing today. Ilani, before we jump into that, I would just love you to introduce yourself to the audience high level. Okay, so I'm Ilani Kruger and I've been working for the Tsebu Solutions Group for the past five and a half years. I'm an industrial psychologist um, by profession and I'm, I love the HR profession, very proud of making good strides um, for our people agenda and I think I've been working for probably more than 30 years. Okay, fantastic. I, uh, I love the fact that you said you're all about making an impact, making a difference. I think that's exactly the point of this podcast is the audience's HR, the HR community um, and business owners. And the idea really is to give back, is to give practical tips and techniques so that they can implement the, those, you know, by learning from the community and sharing from the ideas and the platform. And when I read your article around tech and innovation and working in a deskless world. Um, you know, obviously, we all are very aware of 2019 and COVID. So if you can just maybe take us back there, Tebo, pre-COVID, the people landscape, and what sparked this idea of we need to digitize? Okay. So to be honest, uh, we always had digitization as part of our agenda and strategy. Um, but what happened with COVID, it just accelerated um overnight so the milestones that we had became um, shortened and um, we realized that in order to engage properly with our employees and also be there for our customers we had to put ballot um, if you think about our landscape about 35,000 employees of which 98% basically is deskless workers so they were all out in the field um, there was maybe um, 600 people from a head office perspective that could sure. look at a remote working type of setup. But the rest of mm. our people, we were in the forefront and we were out there from day one. So we were all mm. essential services. So we had to mobilize our workforce to still continue continue delivering um, for, for our clients alike. That meant that we really had to think hard on what are we going to do to make sure what because what is employee experience at, at the end of the day we wanted to make sure that our employees um in in their day-to-day -day interaction and what they do do they have the right resources can they engage with us can they communicate with us um what if there's issues and problems and concerns and what can we do to make information more accessible to them and, and just mm. make that whole employee experience um, mm. an experience that matters. Sure, sure. In listening to you, firstly, the sheer volume, the fact that 98% are not in front of a desk, the fact that we understand experience is important for us. But then my first question, and I'm sure someone in the audience is also thinking this, is where do you start? How do you prioritize 
technology, digitization, employee experience in, in such a, an incredibly vast, huge, massive organization? So, so I would say there's two components. So you've got your end-to-end employee life cycle. So you've got your touch points in terms of the end-to-end employee life cycle that you have to identify. What would be the critical touch points that you can digitize that would make mm. really a difference to your employees, the different stakeholders, and your clients? Yes. But yes. when you're in crisis mode, you need to really pinpoint what will really matter. And, and mm. that was critical mm. to us. So if I can take you back to the COVID times, there we had three objectives. We said we want to give our employees meaningful work. We want to continue to give them meaningful work. Sure. So in order for us to do that, we need to keep them employed. And in yes. order to do that, we need to convince our clients, don't close shop. Let's continue. Let's get the economy afloat and we will be there. We'll rock up will be present. The second thing is, and in in no specific order of importance, obviously, would be to say to the um, employees, your health and safety is of paramount importance. You need to keep safe. So we want you to get vaccinated. We want you to use all the precautionary measures there there would be, and we'll do anything in our power. We'll provide you with PPE, et cetera, et cetera, and roll that out across all the sites with our clients to make sure that you are okay. And then the third one is because it's such a large, diverse workforce and deskless, we want to make sure that you are paid correctly. Very important Mm. for people, livelihoods, Mm. that they are paid Mm. correctly, on time, et cetera. And any queries and engagement around that was, was very critical and important. So okay. to go back to your question, it is about when you start your broader strategy, you look at the key touch points and what would make a difference, and then you, you pick your battles. And then for your, for your, in a crisis mode, you really look at what will make a difference to employees. Um, and that's exactly Absolutely. what we did. So we already started with a... Um, a, a digital e-learning platform, etc. But now we had to expedite it in terms of mm. utilizing it, in terms of telling people about COVID or uh, differentiating yes. in terms of service levels agreement or how we're going to do things differently, etc. I think um, that that is how we uh, positioned it. Are you tired of wasting countless hours screening through CVs and hosting in-person interviews with candidates you probably never hire? If your answer is yes, we are here to help. Our award-winning one-way video interview platform will streamline your entire hiring process and save you up to 70% of your traditional hiring hours. With our platform, you can send your candidates an interview link and let them answer a set of customized questions that you set up in their own convenient time. What does this mean for you? No more wasting valuable office hours or being fooled by CVs that don't match the real candidates behind them. If you would like to know more, visit whamley.io to book a free demo today and see the difference for yourself. That's w-a-m-l-y.io. Say goodbye to wasting time and money and hello to making better hires. The fact that you differentiate between the nice-to-haves on a strategic roadmap versus when it is a critical incident or a pandemic, what are we forced to do right now? And I, I, was, I was really impressed by your ethos around at Sebo, people matter. 
and and you know a lot of most organizations will say that but then the question becomes don't believe what i say see what i do and so by focusing on their well-being their remuneration you would understood that if we can do that we can in turn help our clients keep their doors open which in then in turn has a massive effect on the economy um that that's incredible you mentioned two things ilani that i would love to take you back to and that is you identified communication as a critical piece um how how was technology introduced for something as simple as we need to be able to communicate effectively was it just the lms platform or did you think of other initiatives as well uh, no we we thought of other initiatives as well so so cebu has a well entrenched um whatsapp platform um for lack of a, a better description and and because um a lot of the services that we offer would be unit based um mm. people have the the smaller platforms in terms of communicating and i don't think there's a one size fits all or one massive platform and roll out we didn't have time to to wait for a new system or technology etc but we used what was available and yes. and put a bit of steroids in it so so what we used is the whatsapp groups that were already entrenched but we also created a table whatsapp platform that would enable mm. all our employees for your more generic messages so we segmented the messaging so so about okay. say 4000 people would have access to emails you will make sure that your 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 key messages will go um out on that we've got a, a knowledge platform that we call cebonet and we made sure that we made a lot of toolkits available on on there then we use the lms to get your um managers and supervisors trained on key messaging um to go out into the business um and and obviously teams suddenly just exploded and we all became yes. professional <laughs> use of microsoft teams and 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 those platforms to to also convey messaging especially from a change management perspective it's yes. yes. ensuring that we could communicate with people mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. around that but mm-hmm. we also looked at how could we enhance our existing technology so for example we've got a um mobi platform as part of our um hr information system uh called fluent and um during the covid period it it took us some time we've now built a mobi app to it where employees mm. can mm. actually doesn't matter where you are you can access your pay slip you can apply for leave you wow. can change your um details um you can do pay queries and especially on the lower levels Pay yes. is very important, and we've mapped the ability of the employee. If they're in a spe- specific region, they fall in a specific hub, then they can immediately um, connect with that hub administrator, who would then, within a 24-hour turnaround time, yes. address their concern and come back to them and and and, and uh, you know ass- assist the employee. Um, and then we had a network of um, obviously COVID. um reporting because our people were in the front line and i think about 3000 people contracted covid working for us um but um at the end of it you know we we had a 95% plus success rate in terms of our employees getting vaccinated etc because they realized it's a measure of protection um, yes. and the importance thereof to keep safe sure. 
I, I love what you're saying. I often speak to clients and individuals who want to introduce technology. And the first comment I always make is, is it contextual to your environment? And how do you keep it simple? So your comment around utilizing existing technology, optimizing what is in the business already, and then contextualizing it back to what makes sense for your environment uh, is often such a better route in going and buying something massive off the shelf that you think you need or that the global economy is telling you that you require, but really specifically thinking about, will this work for us? So, so well done on that. I think that's a great initiative. And, and the results um, you know, show. Um, you mentioned a word which, which is a beautiful segue into my next question, and that is change management. Mm-hmm. I, I can just imagine introducing all of this to 35,000 people who aren't in one building, you know, all attending big forums and announcements. How, how difficult was the user adoption in the, the implementation of these changes? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I've, I've, I've recently attended a, a discussion and what they said to us was that the future of work is not as much more about agility which was very uh, relevant then, but it's more about stability because there's been so much change and even adoption of poor practices during COVID. And I thought a lot about it and I thought, you know what, that is what made Cebu unique because we are a very stable company. And Mm. what part of our ethos is actually to say, what can we do to make this workplace work for you? And sure. going back to that uh, notion of me in terms of stability, I just think um, people were desperate to be on this journey because they, they wanted, what they saw was that Tebu is here to stay and we will do everything we can. We'll, we, as part of our ethos, we roll up our sleeves. We'll get Mm. into the nitty gritty. We'll go out Mm. where other people don't want to go. Even with Mm. the riots that we had in in that July um, during that COVID period. Um, And we were present and we were there and we made it happen. And if people see that as a business, you actually lead from the front. They are willing to to embark on something. They don't always trust it though. But they are willing to try. And if they see it works, then everyone wants to uh, jump on that bandwagon because they want to be part of a success story. And and that comes to the point from a stability perspective. People now want to work for Cebu. Why? Because during COVID, etc., we didn't make drastic measures. Yes, Mm. at times, unfortunately, a small percentage of our population, we couldn't um, give them work anymore. But most of them, we have re-employed again after business mm. came back. So from a, mm. from a change perspective, people identify with the business and there's trust. So you asked me earlier on about the employee experience survey. So we did an employee yes. experience survey um, at, uh, towards uh, the latter part of um, 2021. And what came out was trust in leadership being very high and we believe it's because of this journey um, and the changes that we brought about they saw that the changes were actually good for the business in the long run from a sustainability sure. perspective sure 
I, I love that. You know, so often there are, you and I both know, there are a million theories out there around change management and methodologies and models and how to go about it. But ultimately, it, in my opinion, it boils down to very good communication and trust, the intent of the change. You know, people struggle with change if they don't understand the why. And I think with a stable business like yours, good communication platforms and trust in the leadership, we can at least attempt, as you said, to try and change. Which then leads me to the fact that you, um, the top employer category, right? I mean, everything you're saying right now, I'd love for you to share more about that and, and the impact um, that that has had on your business. Is it something that uh, you've always been aspiring to? I can imagine it's a massive, uh, you know, uh, award for you and, and something to be very proud of. Yes. Um, look, when I started off the journey about six years ago in Cebu, um, one of the key objectives was to to more corporatize um, Cebu as a business. So, mm. so we started from the bottom up, trying to to really embed proper HR practices in the business. Just to let you know, when I started six years ago, we were still ha using those leave books, you know, with the yellow and the blue and the green pages. So um, we then really went ahead to adopt the. Uh, <laughs> you know, digitization journey, we embraced it because I was quite shocked that something like that would still exist in South Africa today. But, um, yeah, so top employers to me has always been an uh, aspiration. I participated in previous employment um, in the top employers journey, and I saw the benefit of that because you challenge yourself to become better as an organization and you create a better environment for all your employees. And it just lifts the bar in terms of who you are as a company and who you, who clients can associate with. So, yes. you know, you must never look at people management in isolation. It's also about the commercial agenda and what you have to offer for your clients, especially if you look at it from a services perspective. Um, yes. So top employers, um, there's only... 2,052 top employers worldwide, globally certified. Um, in South Africa, I think it's about 250. And um, they look at about 600 HR practices across your sure. employee life cycle, including your ESG agenda. And um, based on that, then there's 20 domains. Um, and you are being assessed against that. We scored for the first time participating 82.5%, sure. which um, we are quite pleased with. Uh, we've got a fantastic um, HR team and community that's really backed by our line managers. So we, we are quite grateful. And this is also giving something back to both the employees and the managers to say, you know, you trusted us with this. You walked the journey with us. Yes, you didn't always want to change, but look, <laughs> we've made it. Um, and now the challenge is building on that, making yes. it even better to say, yes. okay, yes. we've achieved this, but there are areas that we know we're not there yet. You know, yeah. so let's aspire yeah. to always make it a better work environment. I love that. Making it better for yourselves Attracting talent, I mean, who does not want to work for a certified top employer mm -hmm. because of the experience that you will get in being there? And then lastly, you probably asked yourself, how did I miss those 17% and what can I do to get that 70% yes. to get me higher up into the 90s? Uh, th that's fantastic. Um, 
what would you say, Lani, as we close off this conversation? So firstly, congratulations. I think that's phenomenal. Um, I'm going to give away my age as a side note. I've got no idea what that book is you're referring to, the leave book. So maybe when we have our glass of wine, you can show me that. Um, but as we close off, uh, I can imagine someone in the audience being really inspired. Um, and a lot of change was facilitated and accelerated during COVID. But you spoke about how do we embed it and continue and grow on it. Could you touch on that and then also some lessons learned and some practical tips for someone who is sitting, listening and going, yeah, I want to embark on the, a journey like this. Yeah, so, so maybe in terms of um, for the future, what we're looking at, um, we are busy with a very exciting project at the moment where um, uh, we are digitizing our whole onboarding experience. Um, nice. So we've nice. contacted with a company called Emboarder and we are um, rolling out for a, a certain population of employees coming in where you, from a digitization perspective, even before you join um, until you leave at the end of the day, your, your whole journey is digital. So it just helps with your onboarding, but also your induction. And um, mm, mm, so, mm. so it's quite a, quite a big project for us, um, which, which is super exciting for us in terms of that. Then also from a digitization perspective, if you look at our, um, our frontline employees, how we onboard them, we want to get rid of all the paperwork. So yeah. we're busy with a digitization project to um, once pe people have uh, ticked all the boxes in terms of screening, vetting, training, compliance, etc. How do we onboard you and how do we mobilize you to come on board quite quickly um, so that we can deliver to the, the requirements of our clients? But also for to ensure that everything is compliant um, mm. from a legislative slide, because on the front line, um, a lot of our stuff is very regulated. So yeah. it makes for reams of paperwork that we want yes. to, to, to move away of. from. Yeah. And then, okay. you know, it's just, um, I would say, um, things that we're busy with. We're again going to have our employee experience survey towards the latter part of the year. We want to digitize it as, as far as possible. We had 50% participation the previous round. Um, wow. which I think is quite good, um, about 15,000-plus employees that participated in our survey. So this time around, we want to increase the participation and, and really leverage on that in terms of, of focus groups. Yeah. And there's about Incredible. 87 practices that we identified on the top employers' results where we can improve. And we're oh, busy working okay. through that now to um, target and prioritize that specifically. My advice to people, take it slowly. Don't rush into mm -hmm. anything. Um, pick your battles. Decide which ones will give you the best leverage. And then obviously, yes. whoever you see, um, there's always a manager or a division or a section that says, pick me, pick me. And then you pick them and they give you good feedback, they have open minds, they want to go through the change. It's better to take people through a gradual change process than have this big change roll out. And at the end of the day, I think only 53% of big change management programs in any event um, is successful. Succeed, 100%. Yeah. So take it slow, 
decide on the critical areas that will give you the biggest feedback and leverage. Take champions with you on a journey. Get regular feedback. Make changes. Tweak. And then have a priority roadmap. Does that summarize it? Yes, I think that's good. Fantastic. Ilani, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, your insight, your practical tips, techniques, and experiences with us in the community. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the episode. Thank you, Francois. Thanks for tuning into this episode with me today. I hope you found the conversation truly valuable. If you want to continue your journey of exploration and growth, please subscribe to the show and share it with your friends and colleagues who are in HR or talent acquisition. Because the more we grow the show together, the more I can bring you top quality guests with world-class insights.